Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, October 6th. My name is Chris and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you're joining us for Horror Month, for Halloween Month. Uh, it's super spooky around, right? You, the pumpkin spice is in the air. Ooh, you have to wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, Daniel, happy yeah. anniversary. Oh, thank you. For the podcast or just for existing? What? Because <laughs> it's now my birthday. This is a, a three-year anniversary. Wow. Okay. That, that sounds right. Venom was their first episode, right? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That came out in, Crazy. Uh, in October. Man, it's three years already. Wow. We've been doing this yep. podcast a while already. We started in October 20... What would be three years? 18? 18? 18. Whoa, that's too long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like to do this every year anniversary. I go back in the news oh, and yeah. refresh your mind on what we were talking about a year ago. Nice. Okay, let's hear it. I, I completely forgot about everything. Did anything okay, happen? Like, yeah, because 2020 is like a weird year, so everything's kind of delayed. So uh, we were talking about movie delays. Oh, fun. <laughs> and some things that we're still currently talking about. At that year ago, we were talking about how Jamie Foxx was going to be back as Electro for Spider-Man 3. <laughs> That's so funny. We haven't really got a full shot of him yet. It's just been leaks, right? Man. It's been a year and we still haven't seen him, I guess. Yeah. Is he? Is he not? Still a rumor. Um, we were talking about how they had just cast uh, Kamal Khan's character for Miss Marvel series that is still not out yet. I mean, yeah, that's believable. It's down the road. Marvel, you know, promises things years down the road. So that makes sense. That makes sense. We're talking about something we'll continue to talk about. They had cast the live action Sandman series. Oh, wow. They're making a Sandman series? I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then LA Comic Con, they were trying to still make it happen in person, but I don't don't think that ever happened. That that I remember, yeah. Was it they were trying to make it happen? We're still in the pandemic, like vaccines were not out at all. And Mm -hmm. they were just saying, we're going to figure it out. And people were buying tickets, I think, right? Some people were. Some people were. Some people had tickets, but because like it was supposed to be that July, like July last year. Oh. And that got canceled. And then they're trying to move it to December of that year, 2020. And I think that also didn't happen. So people still had tickets that they hadn't used yet. And I, I guess up to this point, they still haven't used yet. <laughs> Man, geez. I wonder if they're valid. If they're going to be valid for anything, right? I mean, is it is it going to come back? The, the question is, is Comic and Veg is going to go out in full like, like it I, was before? I think by next year, these large-scale San Diego Comic-Con, these really big ones, right? New yeah. York Comic-Con. I think New York Comic-Con's happening. Happening. So, like, I think by next year, the big San Diego Comic Con will happen at um, with whatever they could do. Like, if the county says, like, you know, you have to limit attendees or whatever, then they'll do that. But they will have a big, a big of a gathering as they they're legally allowed to. I bet they will have one. Okay, yeah, I guess the big ones are gonna be out in full eventually. But are mm. the smaller ones gonna pop up as much as frequently as they used to? I'm wondering that. Uh, I hope they do. I feel like eventually they'll come back. I bet. I bet 2022 we're gonna look back a year from now talking about today's news and we'll be like wow it still sucks nothing changed (laughs) (laughs) things are already better you know comic conventions there's i think they are slowly coming back yeah i want to go to one as soon as one's back definitely uh all right so that was a year ago but we have news for today so why don't you explain how the show works 
First off, we'll talk about the comic book news that came in this week, this year, right now, this week, and then we'll talk about a cool comic book. Again, we'll get into horror month. So our first one for the month is Baby T out of uh, Aftershock Comics. And then we'll finish with our side stories where we talk about when watching, reading, whatever entertainment we've been uh, consuming this week. All right, let's get into the news that we'll be talking about in a year. Remember Sandman? You said they were making a live action series about that? They are. Well, we finally got the trailer a year later. Right. Is it a full trailer? It's more like a like a first look, right? Is how they describe it. Yeah. Little little it's, scene. It's like what uh, sixty seconds long. It's clips from like the, the intro scene that we we you and me and our forever listeners know we did the issues. Um it was like one of our first ever episodes. And I almost wanna wanna revisit it because this book is so good. Absolutely. Maybe we'll get into the second volume. I mean, they are, they're somewhat concise stories, but uh, let's talk about this first look of of Sandman. It's just a little clip of the ritual going on that happens in the first trade with Roderick Burgess, right, played by <laughs> Charles Dance, as he's like summoning, doing this ritual, trying to summon death. Yes. And I'll say, they're visually, it looks like they adapted the comic book very well. Like it looks straight out of the panels. And the special effects, what little special effects we see in this, which is just him like being like warped in or whatever, it looks very cool. I, I really like how it looks. Those effects, I agree. Those like that, like smoke effects, kind of like like an apparition in uh, Harry Potter when they teleport. You know what I'm talking about? It looks a lot yeah, like that. It looks cool. Like he's like yeah. teleporting into real life, into the real realm in front of them as he's being imprisoned. Then that, of course, being Dream Lord Morpheus. Uh, I think some of it, there's some a feel that I wish was more there. Like I want like the mansion to feel more decrepit like it does in the comic book. And it's kind of a really mm-hmm. scarier feel you get in the beginning of the story and kind of throughout yeah. the whole series. Yeah, this trailer or whatever you want to call it, the mansion or castle that they're in, it looks very well lit. Everything yeah. looks nice and clear to see. It's kind of clean. <laughs> it's kind of clean. Um, but what did you think of Dream himself and how he looked? It, to me, it looked uncanny how he looked just like the character from the book. You know, he, he does look a lot like him with like the face, same facial structure and all that and skin color and like the, the hair is kind of on point. But when you talk about Lord Morpheus, the, the dream king of the endless, right? You imagine mm-hmm. someone with like like stature, like some oomph. I don't know if I see it in this dude, the, the actor, uh, saw Tom Sturbridge. I don't know if I see it yet with him in, in the prison. Maybe he's supposed to look weak here, right? Because he's imprisoned. But yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think he looks like him. Wait till he has like the long black coat, whatever he's wearing, like a poncho, whatever that thing he ends up wearing. Yeah. That'll probably make him look a lot more like the character. But I think so far I like what I see and I think this is going to be like Netflix's next big hit. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of their like foyers into the comics that are not the main stuff. I've been successful. Like I think hits out of the park like Lock and Key and um, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Those those are so good. And them doing this Vertigo um, series. I have high hopes, obviously. I'm a huge Sandman fan. So I'm ho- that's why I'm kind of nitpicky right now because I want it okay. to be so good. I see that's where I, I, I want to feel right. Um, it's, it's supposed to be modern time. So I don't know if that's going to affect the feel of the show. What do you think? Well, I mean, the book 
takes place at that modern time, which was what, the 80s? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's quote unquote modern time. Like, what's the difference between the 80s and now? It's like cell phones and computers. Like, that's There's the, that. When, yeah. yeah. But besides that, like, it's considered modern time because in reality of the of the story, it takes place like hundreds of years, right? Yeah. Well, the, the span of the different stories we see. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's so, like a it, like a goth yeah. feel to the Sandman comic because it was the 80s. I don't know if they're, they're going to have that here. I'm sure they will, but I'm wondering if it's going to feel natural. Mm. I think it will. I think it'll be cool. I just want to see when Sandman appears in Spider-Man No Way Home and how he's going to deal. Like, is he going to put Spider-Man to sleep in a dream? That doesn't make sense. You already said he's not going to show up in the movie. You said you don't think he's going to show up. <laughs> no, I meant that Sandman. This Sandman, I want him to show up. <laughs> yeah, don't you guys know it's all connected universe? Companies, they belong to different companies, but they're working together. It's going to happen. <laughs> Worlds are colliding. Um, do you know when this series comes out? They still haven't said, I think. I think it's, they still haven't hampered down on a date. So I'm, oh, man. I'm on pins and needles. I think some of the casting is amazing. Like I think, you know, Charles Dance looks good. What I said, you know, the guy, I don't know if he fits right, but he does look like him. So I haven't seen him act yet, really. And then like Gwendolyn Christie is Lucifer. I think that's a perfect mm-hmm. fit. They're like gender bending it a bit. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. And then isn't, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Everyone thinks he's going to play Constantine. What's that guy's name? Oh, um, freaking, yeah, the British guy. The British guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the British actor that's going to play a British character. Eggsy, right? <laughs> Eggsy, yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, Kingsman. That's the movie that he's in. <laughs> Elton John. El- Elton John, yeah. I wonder if Elton John is going to play uh, Constantine. He's British. Could you imagine? <laughs> With the star glasses, and he shows up in a trench coat. Oh, man. Someone make that fan art. I can't wait for that. Oh, boy. Uh, There's so much they have to do, right, for this series to build the the endless and, like, build their mythos and make it believable. It's not like a bigger scale than I think of the other comic book Netflix things that I don't know if it's it's a bigger feat to me. I bet the first season or whatever is just the first trade, which expands the universe, but not fully yet. You know what I mean? Like we, we get other, what, what are they called? Eternals? What are they endless. called? Endless. Come on. The endless. Yeah. It? Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we, I'm sure we won't meet all the endless right away. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there's still, we have we, death is cast. I think that's. Yeah. Super good, great casting. She seemed very bubbly. Uh, from mm-hmm. what was she from? That um, Happy Place, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember who they cast for, so I don't know. Yeah, she she's a great. Uh, she seemed like a really bubbly character, and surprisingly, that's what Death is like in this series. So I think it's good casting oh, for that. Okay. Yeah. Well. I definitely want to watch the show and I also want to just like revisit the comic book because uh, it's like one of the best books, I think. And I only really read the first volume. Oh man, really? You didn't continue yeah, on? After I, you did? I did continue more, but yeah. like it, it's pretty long, so I didn't finish it. Yes, it is. So, And the only one I really remember was the first volume because we talked about it on the show. Okay, that's fine. Oh. That's, that breaks my heart a bit, but I, I there's like the rougher stuff. I wonder if they're just gonna glaze over those like little stories, like like the serial killer episode. There's like a you know, yeah, but that's what makes it good. Yeah, I know, right? That's why I don't want them to glaze it over. But is it too much for Netflix? This is, I want the woman that's like addicted to the sand, so she just always is asleep. Yeah, like like yeah. falls into that dream. It's it's very it's like straight up like drug addiction, right? And mm. you see it like laid out on. 
page. It's a beautiful story. Now in the the book, because like he runs into like Constantine and stuff, right? Which is in the DC universe, um, in Justice League Dark and all that stuff. Do you think they will name drop the more mainstream DC characters? Will they name drop Batman? There is a possibility. There are actually episodes where we see Justice League members in the mm-hmm. comic, if you remember. Like Superman shows up and uh, Mr. Miracle shows up. And that was yeah. super awesome to see that. I think they even go up to the you know the satellite. What's it called? That satellite. The watchtower. Yeah, the watchtower. They actually go up to there in the mm. in the series. So that would be pretty cool. I don't think the Superman and Batman ever show up, but it's the League, obviously. So I don't know if they they have to jump past that because I think they can't even use straight up Constantine. I think they have to use Johanna Constantine for oh, this series. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so I think she is like a, an older character older than Constantine right like a ancestor so maybe they're doing some time jump in there too hmm. well regardless I think just from the first look it looks like it's going to be very good yeah I have a feeling it's going to be Netflix's new like Stranger Things or something like the next new popular thing on, on Netflix uh, and I guess in a greedy way I don't like how everyone's going to be on it <laughs> <laughs> I I read it first <laughs> I read it first 20 years after it came out <laughs> Uh, you know how i feel about this i can't wait i'm being hard on it because i love it so much i'm biting at the i'm like watching the behind the scenes stuff too with neil gaiman as he's walking on set have you seen those it's so great show like concept art it's so awesome because he's like the biggest nerd of it all too like he even right it's super great he's his biggest fan (laughs) the way he talks about lord morphe it's like it's not like you didn't write him like you build him up so much You could write him however you want, and you're like so like pleased by your own writing. It's almost like he's like he's the one like worshiping him. Like, it's funny. Can you believe I wrote this? <laughs> I jumped this up, if you will. <laughs> um, Netflix still the king of streaming. I think um, HBO and Disney they had their time, and they were the most popular ones at a certain point. But I think Netflix still holds the throne. You think so? It- there was a, a battle there, right? These new up-and-comers, whippersnappers, trying to vie for the mm-hmm. spot. Did it uh, yep. survive? I think so. I think, well, I talked about it last week, but Squid Game has definitely put Netflix like back in the front running. And uh, Disney Plus, I think their just content is too slow. Uh, like, they'll put out content, but not everything is for me, right? True. So the stuff I want is a little too far in between. Right. And it has, it's like also like the Disney Channel replacement, where it's like they're the problem stuff on there that's exactly live action stuff for kids too that's not like I'm not really I really want to watch the new Turner and Hooch right yeah mm, I, I tried to watch that Mighty Ducks thing and I liked it for a while but it did not it did not, did not hold last. me enough to finish it yeah yeah I, I didn't even go past the first episode um, HBO Max since uh, we signed up there's like two things I really liked on it and that's it really wow yeah as far as new stuff or even old stuff yeah like I really liked Mortal Kombat and <laughs> I really liked uh, the Suicide Squad so like and Titans if that's all okay I I really like Titans but even that I'm like behind that's true you know what I mean mm-hmm. so um, HBO Max to me like they're definitely behind Netflix and Netflix they have Seinfeld now so they're kind of like they're back. They're going to overtake everybody. They lost the office, mm-hmm. so they had to make up for it yeah. somehow. Yeah, so Peacock is still number one to me. 
play it all the time. But Disney Plus, they're trying to be number one. They're they have all these shows lined up. They have all these really good shows, Marvel shows that came out already, and all the stuff that is coming out in theaters now, like their big movies. Um, they tried to put it on Disney Plus, but I think they got backlash. They definitely did from one person, and her name was Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yes, one of the Marvel stars. Uh, over the money she lost for her movie being showed on Disney Plus the same day. She's angry. She's going to sue Disney. She already did. Yes. We talked about this a couple uh, months ago. Yeah. That because her contract was like theatrical release only and they they technically they broke that contract because they put it on Disney Plus like same day as theater, right? Because they're trying to promote their streaming service. But that broke contract and ScarJo, she had money on the back end of, of ticket sales, but not as many people want to go watch in the theater because they could just watch it at home. So she lost. She's trying to say like she lost a good chunk of money. Absolutely. I mean, it was delayed like everything else, but then it was officially released in theaters. And so the pay structure was it was not built into it being a streaming same day uh, schedule. Right. So there's money there on the table that she did not get a cut of. A lot of people, a lot of actors were supporting her suit too, because like at first it's weird. Like you've worked with this studio for years and they've definitely helped your career. Right. And then you turn around and sue them. Um, You know, the uh, Disney lawyers were also saying she's kind of using this pandemic against them, right? Like they tried to hold off on this for so long, but they had to release it, but they didn't have to release it. Technically, again, the the Marvel schedule pushed them to have to do it, but that was not Scarlett's fault at all, right? She shouldn't be cut out of the the money in, in that point either, so... I mean, they could have just released in theater and just taken the hit, but they wanted as much money as they could. So because they did that, they just announced this week that they settled the lawsuit out of court, I guess, with like a a settlement. And now ScarJo's awarded like 40 million, I believe. Right. Okay. That's uh, enough to sue over, I'd say. Um, and you'd think this would put a sour taste in the mouth after working with ScarJo and then like we're going to cut everything ties with Johansson from here moving on but actually they're still going to work with her they're going to be making the Tower of Terror movie and Scarlett Johansson is still starring in that I mean she's still like the Hollywood actress right she's still selling tickets absolutely um, so it would be dumb for Disney to be like we don't want to work with you anymore because she's still the money maker right yeah they've worked with a lot of people but still I mean she's a actors that can continue to work with don't put emotion behind your yeah, actions it's, it's all about the money at the end of the line right for sure for disney yeah <laughs> yeah and honestly disney like 40 million they're like whatever here they they, they like threw it at her like here you keep this <laughs> <laughs> you hold this for me <laughs> so i guess disney th- th- i don't think scar is gonna appear in marvel anymore though she's already not in the what if series that's true yeah she's already dead as a character there's yeah. that um they had to go back in time just to do a movie for her <laughs> so it makes sense that they're not gonna have her in marvel anymore um i wonder if this tower of terror movie is gonna be any good i already know there's already been a movie out already on a straight to tv have you ever seen that i think i've seen clips of it i i remember watching on disney channel back in the day i think it's it started uh, Kirsten Dunst and Steve Gutenberg. You know that guy? 
Oh yeah, I like I like the Goots. The Goots. <laughs> I remember the movie too. It was it's pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Straight to TV show channel, you know. Um, I in Disneyland they had the Tower of Terror ride. Yes. Right. But I never got a chance to ride it. By the time I started going to Disneyland, they had already converted it to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah. So right. I I have no nostalgia for Tower of Terror, and I much prefer and really enjoy the Guardians ride. So I think they should just make a movie about the Guardians. Have Scarlett Johansson darn it somehow <laughs> <laughs> yeah they need to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie I think that would make a great movie that would that's too far-fetched uh, nobody likes the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> they should fire their director and then rehire him and make the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh man I wonder who they thought of like to have for the third movie when they were like not gonna have James Gunn um I bet it's tough because there's yeah. a lot of um, directors I bet they want oh. but I bet a lot of directors some at least wouldn't take it because they're on the side of James Gunn in that situation. Really? I mean, you know it's I mean? directors, they might be friendly, but they never work together because they're directing a movie. They're not two people directing a movie, right? It's not like actors, how they work together. Yeah, but I mean, they're friends. I, maybe. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Who knows? Maybe you're right. <laughs> well, he was already like part of Ant-Man and then didn't. Exactly. Got kind of like kicked off of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like even the second Guardians, though, I thought thought i didn't like as much already really? that's so strange i loved it i just think like what i liked about the first guardians was a lot of the jokes and the jokes in the second guardians fell really flat for me wow i, I still liked it maybe the jokes weren't as funny but there were other elements to it that i loved it made me cry at the end of the movie and mm. there was more like relationship building than the first one a different story right different that's feel. true yeah i just think guardians of the galaxy for me that's like one of the best marvel movies there there is so oh. like it's in like my top five definitely i'm in debate with it too sometimes crazy mm. i wonder if the mario movie will be any good were you laughing out loud after the casting of that like chris pratt as mario like seriously i think chris pratt gets a lot of flack yes but this is for kind no of reason well, what why does he deserve it we loved him in parks and rec everyone loved guardians and now all of a sudden there's just this turn of like oh we're tired of chris pratt like there's no reason for that not him specifically everyone in the cast i feel like everyone does not fit the role they're trying to be mm, i think I, I, okay i'll say chris pratt as mario is a stretch but i think he'll right. still pull it off but i think everyone else is pretty accurate <laughs> anya taylor joy is princess peach jack That's black fine. She could as, do it. as Bowser. That's pretty close. I think I he could do it. I don't know. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I think he's halfway there. That's already. on point. That's on point. You can't. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> who's Who's Toad? Toad is Keegan uh, Michael Key. Yeah. What? Are they gonna pitch his voice down or something? It's so weird. No. I just. It would be funny if he just had his voice. <laughs> I think still just just Chris Pratt though like I don't know why everyone has turned against him and I think uh he is still really funny and really good actor like I he's my favorite Chris out of all the Marvel, Marvel Chris's? Chris's Hemsworth Evans Pratt me Chris <laughs> Pratt is my favorite Chris Really? Uh, you might be my favorite Chris. Yeah, you, you got me there. But it's just his face was everywhere. I didn't wait. I, he's your favorite Chris? He's he, he can't be your I have to be your favorite Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Star in the Marvel movie first, and then you'll maybe you'll win it. Uh, I don't know. Dang it. Okay. All right. I'll call Feige and see what I can do. The Feige guy. So that was uh, Disney Plus really trying to like get their service going, and and in a way, like I wonder if they thought like, oh, Scarlett Johansson is just gonna let it slide. That's but what, obviously not. That's what it sounds like. Like they were like, there's a weird awkwardness in the air between Disney executives and her. And normally, this is the type of thing they say they kind of just figure out outside of court before it gets to court. And mm-hmm. but there was just so much money involved with this one, so it like they were like still me forty million. Yeah. So like forty million, like I said, Disney doesn't care. Yeah, nothing to sneeze at. But I still think Netflix is still the king of streaming. Um, and the way they're kind of like evolving, I think, is they're trying to like reach out and get properties and and creative like creators that American audiences are not used to. A la Squid Game, right? That like yeah. that's literally the most popular thing, and it's because it's so different than even just American storytelling. I think, right? Absolutely, yeah. So we already know uh, they have a deal with uh, Mark Miller and all his content that he made. He, we did a, a recap of Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah. What did you, you think of that show? Not the best show. Uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Some stuff of it was cool. Most of it was not. What if you could get more action involved because it was animated? Would you like it more? Mm, I mean, there's some good action superhero stuff out there. Heroes, okay, right? What, what if it was not like an American style action anim, uh, animation? What if it was more of an Eastern, like anime, Asian style studio that were to make it? Would you like it more? That would, that would never happen. There's so much anime already what if to make. it was all that but instead of following the heroes you followed the villains of that world and it was more about a heist and Uh gathering a team of let's let's say super crooks what would you like that okay Uh, yeah that sounds pretty amazing but it would never happen right (laughs) what if netflix released a teaser for super crooks an anime (laughs) cartoon based on mark miller's comic book okay okay now you got me it's real uh again this is in i think the jupiter's legacy universe an anime version mm-hmm. of the villains doing a heist movie super crooks um what do you think about it is this your bag um no <laughs> it, not only is it anime it it feels like old anime does that make sense it feels okay. like cowboy bebop anime okay it's somewhat like that like the look of the characters or the actual yeah, animation just the style of it is like the more obscure looking anime like it doesn't look like dragon ball or uh, <laughs> that's, that's not that that new. Ex- <laughs> no what i'm saying that's literally the extent of anime that i know, I know is the is. most popular thing <laughs> Okay, if I could put you on some game right now. Okay, is, please enlighten me. There is some like American superhero type animes out there now, like My Hero Academia, which is like a school of superheroes. And that's like one of the most popular ones to date, like right now in the zeitgeist of animes. So maybe that's what like they're... It? You might, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it, it is the type of anime I think you would not like. Yeah, I think you might like this type okay, of stuff then. better. But uh, maybe that's what they're thinking about, like superhero anime mm-hmm. stuff that's so popular we'll try and get into that that could be it uh yeah what about like one punch man this this super crooks the action maybe looks like a one punch man style action yeah some bits one punch man has excellent animation i think that has one punch man has a better animation than this this feels like maybe like a money grab like they have this property from mark miller and just trying to make something i don't know i don't think it's going to be that good there's a lot of like it's like the other comic book animes we've talked about like uh x-men and iron man it's just 
using some things right. and seeing if it works, like an experiment. I don't think this is going to work that well. It, it feels like a Ocean's Eleven type mm -hmm. anime. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think what happened was they're trying to kill two birds with one stone. And Netflix was like, we have a deal with Mark Miller, this comic book yes. creator already. And we have a deal with this anime studio already. Let's just make them work together. And that way we can like knock out two things at once. Absolutely. I think they they have a hand in the anime world already, right? They have all this stuff popping up. There's They have like... Netflix originals that are animes that are pretty popular. Um, was it Seven Deadly Sins? My roommate was into that. I didn't really like it that much. Uh, and like you said, Cowboy. I thought that was the title of an anime. My roommate was into that. No. I thought that was the title. <laughs> that would be a name of an anime. Like they're, they're like full senses nowadays. I mean, look at them. They're so long. They have like colons everywhere. <laughs> um, but like you mentioned Cowboy Bebop. Did you know there's going to be a live action uh, yeah. series coming out? Did you see the trailer for that? This is in the news. But I'm, I mean, I saw that there was a trailer, yeah. but I didn't watch it because I think again, it was opening I scene. Yeah, don't care about anime. I thought it was pretty cool. I'm kind of excited about that. I never even watched Cowboy Bebop, but the live action one looks pretty good. You know what I really enjoyed was the live action uh, Ghost in a Shell. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it all connects. Uh, I thought that was like, wow, this is so much better than the source material. <laughs> they got the character look exactly right. Yeah, it's uncanny. <laughs> this feels a lot better. <laughs> Apparently, I heard like the creator of the actual anime was on board with that decision, like wanted Scarlett Johansson in the role. Did you know that? Uh, I think the because he saw dollar signs. I think that's what <laughs> couldn't see past the dollar signs in his eyes. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, and then we're also gonna put on Disney Plus the same day <laughs> for sure. But he he got Scarlett Jackson's back back end. <laughs> She'll be cool with it. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, you know what? When I first saw this teaser for Super Crooks, yeah, back to what that. went to my uh, head was I thought they're making a live action one. I didn't know it was animated, and then I looked it up and I realized they're making two. They one's are. animated, one's live action. Yeah, I don't know why they would do that. To like, wouldn't that like spoil stuff for the live action one when you watch an anime version, or are you just looking at two different fan bases here or content viewers? Right? What's what's the deal? Maybe maybe the anime is a prequel and then it leads into that somehow or maybe it's just a separate story because i know like the anime one they had to start in this drawing setting this up like <laughs> years ago maybe right yeah yeah so by the time they announced the live action one they're like halfway done with this animated one already so they're like what the heck like <laughs> we have to you guys are cutting our legs here. That could be it because Joker's legacy got canceled. They did not do the numbers they expected. Maybe they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, that anime, let's make it live action too. And mm -hmm. uh, that could be the scenario. Um, do you have high hopes for that one for even the whole Millerverse? Do you think? Because... Because I think I, I think they they don't have the right main person like planning out their connected universe like Kevin Feige. I don't think if it's similar to what Jupiter's Legacy was, I don't think the live action Super Crooks will be any better. And this anime, though I don't necessarily like anime, I mean I'll probably like it more than the live action just because wow. it'll do more because it's animated. They could do more. That's true. The effects and all that. Yeah. All right. I, I don't. I might give it a chance. I don't even know because there's some much stuff to watch out there well it's coming out next month november 25th i believe and it's going to be 13 30 minute episodes right so definitely a lot like it's not short that's almost like too much for me so 
I'll give it a shot, and if it's good, I'll let you know. I'll be the first one to tell you that I like an anime. Okay. Wow. You don't. You. I remember you tried watching anime a little bit while back, and you're like, "No, I'm good. I don't like any of this." <laughs> yeah. I I asked for recommendations from you, and I checked out the ones you said. I just couldn't get into it. I really tried. That's fine. I understand. Whatever. Uh, I tried Naruto. Well, yeah. And I, I got like 20 minutes in and I was like, this is not for me. It's so slow. That's a that's a kid's anime. What are you watching that for? Well, okay. <laughs> You're the one that told me to watch it. So, uh, This could be good. Maybe I'll give some Invincible vibes. That was a great show. That was almost anime itself. So we'll see. Mm, okay. Yeah. I did like Invincible. So hopefully it's close to that, which I think it might be as far as the action. Okay. Yeah. Different art style though. Yeah. Definitely different art style. More of the cowboy bebop looking art style. Yes. All right. That is it for the news. We'll talk about this again uh, in a year. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see Sandman by then. <laughs> hopefully. Yes. Hope he finds me in my dreams. <laughs> yep. And uh, you won't want to miss that when we talk about it uh, in our fourth anniversary so please subscribe to the reader copy podcast we're on all major podcast platforms right find us on instagram facebook and twitter all the social medias we're at the reader copy podcast uh let us know what you're watching what new comic book shows you're excited about um this is our first installment of our horror comic month we're doing four weeks of horror comics and we're going to start off with baby teeth As with every year for the month of October, we're doing a set of horror comics. Right, of course. It's Halloween time. Yep, spooky time. Um, Last year we did... What was the books we did last year? I think we did one called Trick or Treat. Yeah, that was like an anthology comic. Um, Did we do Outcast that year or was it the year before? Outcast, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think we did it last year. That's a story about two Atlanta rappers. (laughs) Yes. Stankadelic, (laughs) what's it called? (laughs) Stankonia. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're continuing on the tradition we're going to do horror comics throughout this year's October and we're starting off with a comic book that I picked it is called Baby Teeth and a large part about why I chose this comic book it is from a publisher called Aftershock Comics and I don't think we've ever done a book from Aftershock we have not Um, and to be honest I'm surprised we have not yet this might be the first Aftershock comic I've read but I know they are a player in the game right now yeah I think they were just formed like 2015 I think oh that makes sense and they're their model is supposed to be like a hybrid of like um, independent yet like one of like the, the the way they work is like the one of the major two three comic book publishers, and huh. just in the same vein as um, Image, they're a creator owned style publisher. Interesting. Okay, so like the formula is like the big two, but they are still creator owned. Yes, and one of the kind of like most notable things about Aftershock Comics was there's a comic book. Um, I forget the name of the comic book but okay <laughs> there's a character in it uh i think the name is like charlise or something like that let me just look it up so i know exactly what i'm talking about charlise theron the actor <laughs> i think that's it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. Um, okay, there's a comic that came out in 2016, and it's called Alters. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a character in it. There's a character in it called uh, Chalice. 
Very different. Well, actually kind of close, but yeah. different. Yeah. Okay. She is noted as being the first transgender superhero in comics. Oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So that's one of the most popular things known about Aftershock Comics. But they have like a group of creators that they work with and some pretty big names on it, like um, Brian Azzarello, oh. uh, Colin Bunn, and even Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Okay. We still haven't picked our horror comics for this month, but Colin Bunn, he's a extensively uh, heroic heavy comic writer we might do him this month around i'm not sure need to pick something out of him first cool. yeah he's a great writer. i love his work yeah um baby teeth the one we're doing today is written by writer donnie cates i don't think we've ever done one of his comics he's fairly new to being like famous for comics you know what i mean yeah like the he was kind of like the it boy for a while he might still be yeah. that guy like he hasn't been in comics for a long time i think his first work in comics was in 2013 when he did work for dark horse oh okay love them um he did like a couple of like uh dark horse presents comics which is like you know when there's a comic book and there's a bunch of short stories in it and i think they're trying to get feedback on what is popular and they'll maybe make it into a feature style comic book right it's like pilot season those Correct. Yeah. He did a bunch of those. Then he did work with um, IDW on their Star Trek comic books. Oh, really? Okay. That took me by surprise. Didn't know he was a Star Trek fan. (laughs) Then he did some more work with Image. Um, He did a book called God Country, which I think is kind of popular. Yeah, I know about that. I thought maybe we should do that for the show at one point. But where I know him from is from Marvel. And after working with Image, he got his long-term contract with Marvel. Cool. There, he did a lot of work with Venom, which I really liked. Um, and he also did work with, like, Guardians and created a character that, though is very new, I feel like is very popular amongst, like, comic book readers, especially the, like, space stuff of Marvel. And that character is the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yes. I've uh, read the the book where he first entered in the Marvel Universe. It was the uh, Thanos book. He wrote that too. Yeah. Pretty good read. Yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider is pretty cool. I like him. <laughs> the artist for this book, his name is Gary Brown. He is Scottish. Is that the right accent? I don't know. Scottish. Scottish. I don't know. Ireland and Scotland. Scotland. Ireland. I don't know. These sound both bad to me. Um, you were talking about um, one of the creators before in the past, Cubert, uh, uh, and like how his family has like a s- art school. Right? Yeah, Cubert School. Yeah, uh, Gary Brown went to that school. Oh, awesome! Okay, I think a lot of like you know people in the comic industry went to that Cubert School at some point. Yeah, so he graduated from that. That's why uh, the comic Baby Teeth looks really good. Um, and the story about Baby Teeth, because we want to do horror comics. What's more horror than the Antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, the story is uh, kind of like, um, do you know the movie Rosemary's Baby? I think it's essentially the same idea. Oh, I've I never seen that movie. I know there's some other like uh, horror movies that center around the Antichrist. Like, isn't the Omen kind of that? I've never seen that either. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's about the, the Antichrist being born. Rosemary's Baby is kind of like her story. She's giving birth to the Antichrist. And that's kind of like the story that's being told here in Baby Teeth. Ah, bummer. <laughs> are doing the first five issues which is the first volume in total there are 20 issues and the last and final issue the 20th one just came out I, like two weeks ago came out oh wow he's still working on this i thought maybe this was something set to the side as he's got his marvel contract but that's cool that's cool yeah so there's only 20 issues we're doing the first five today and they're honestly they're like a good easy read like i felt like the story was very easy to follow and interesting and kept me wanting to read more so i might just go ahead and read all 20 yeah 
I think so too. This was a, it was kind of a breeze, <laughs> the story about the Antichrist. <laughs> Very light reading. <laughs> and the story starts off with kind of like how the whole, whole first volume is, is our main character, Sadie. She's a 16 year old girl and she's talking to her child, but like through her phone, she's recording herself to leave a message for her child who is at this point still a baby. Right. Like a future, um, you know, a little diary for her kid down the road. Right. And she's kind of explaining everything about the birth of the child and where this baby came from and how they're in the situation that they are now. Yes. And this, this video, the voiceover is going to play as like the narration for the whole story. So Sadie's like telling the story to her kid, but also to us, the, the, mm-hmm. the reader. Yeah. Um, she's explaining that, yeah, she's 16 year old girl, regular kind of like high school loner girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. We see her like outside the school and no one knows at this time that she's, she was pregnant. She was hiding it from everybody. Yes. She's a teen mom and she's always got like a huge jacket on and a backpack over her belly to hide the pregnancy. It's like Juno. Do you remember the movie Juno? Yes. It's just like that. Ellen Page, yes, Elliot Page. <laughs> that horror movie Juno, okay. it's just like that. Um, she's being being bothered by like some of the jocks of the high school because they're trying to get in touch with Sadie's older sister because Sadie's older sister has like a reputation in town and they're trying to buy drugs, right? Absolutely. This jock guy, Kevin, um, digs into her backpack, kind of poking around, not in her his not in her business, but looked in, found this book. Says, "What to expect when you're expecting?" And this took Kevin kind of by surprise. Like, why do you have this? Yeah. And then out of nowhere, barreling in on an old Ford Bronco is Sadie's older sister. This is Heather, and she's the one that they're trying to reach. The one that has a reputation of being like this edgy girl. She's like known for being in trouble with the law, and she's there, and she's like intimidating the guys. She's smoking a cigarette and she's like, you know, a tough person. She's got her belt buckle out and is really uh, intimidating. But at this point, Sadie's water breaks, right? And she's in labor. So she gets into the truck with Heather and they're barreling down. Like Heather is the only person that knew that Sadie was in the situation that she was pregnant, that she was with child. Yes. Um, when Sadie goes to check out the, the water where it broke, there's blood there. And it's not water. She's scared. And Heather goes even faster and they go shoot down the freeway and when Sadie's in labor she's feeling like the contractions right and you know it's a very intense feeling she starts like literally like glowing red like light is coming out of her mouth and eyes and the world around them starts to shake. Like it's literally an earthquake. And in the imagery, like everything's like red, like burning red. There is even some car crashes around their Ford Bronco. But um, after that contraction ends, they're, they're safe and they can go forward to the hospital. Yeah. And they finally make it to the emergency room. She's rushed in. Um, she's like barely alive. And every time she has a contraction, it's like another aftershock, if you will, <laughs> of an earthquake, right? And she's telling the story, right? She's narrating this through the phone, right? And she's saying, like, I haven't told anybody this, but I think while I was in labor with you, I literally died. And it's a shot of her, like, almost like in the afterlife. And it's just like a sea of red. It looks like she's just in a room red. And she's saying, like, she could hear, like, the heartbeat of the child. And it's drawn to her. Like, she's trying to get away, get back to get back to life, really, to give birth to you. And she wakes up and she's in the middle of labor in a hospital room, emergency room. And she gives birth. Um, and it's happy. There's a, there's a child right there. 
and she takes up the child. Surprisingly, the pupils, the eyes of the baby are pitch black, just like the Antichrist's eyes would be, right? <laughs> like, this is not, I don't know why no one thinks this child is Antichrist. The eyes are all black. Yes. The nurses, the doctors, they don't say anything. So maybe she just sees that. But uh, she, this baby looks like the devil. <laughs> Um, at this moment, her dad shows up to the hospital and she introduces him to the baby. Remember, the dad didn't even know that she was pregnant, right? Yeah. And she's saying like, oh, uh, this is Clark, meaning she's named the baby Clark. And the dad's like, oh, that's awesome. You named it after your great grandfather. And then she's like, yeah. And then in her head, in the narration, she's like, no, I named it after Superman. <laughs> Pretty funny. But um, the dad would be kind of angry at this point. Don't you think like? She's been hiding this pregnancy the whole time, but the dad is kind of nurturing in this moment. She just had a baby and is not showing any anger, just kind of being a good grandfather in this moment. And he just landed. He's a pilot of a, you know, a plane. And so he just landed in the area. He's still got his pilot get up on right now. Yeah, it really seems like all they have is the three of them. It's the dad, uh, the older sister, Heather, and Sadie, and now the baby. And it, they seem like though they have their differences, they're all that each other has. So they are definitely got each other's back. So even though she hid this from the dad and is not telling him everything, when he discovers that there's a baby and she needs help, he's there for her. And she definitely needs help because it's a couple days later and they're home and the baby just won't stop crying. Heather is asking, oh, who's the father, by the way? Like this whole thing, you had a baby ready. Who's the father? Sadie will not give it up. She just says, oh, it's Immaculate Conception. And <laughs> the face on Heather's <laughs> face is just like, come on. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you lying to me? Uh, I think the artwork in this comic, it works best in like the expressions of their faces. I feel like whoever the artist is, like that's what pulled me through. I, I felt like the art was kind of frazzled and kind of... Uh, very fast but the expressions I think through this book are on point I think yeah I think it definitely works like it's heavy lines and, and shadowy but you could see that helps like highlight the expressions sure. in their faces right yeah you get like you and, get the personality really yeah Sadie you know she's still a child herself and she's struggling to take care of this baby so the dad her dad goes in to help her and um, though he's the grandfather he likes to be called the captain because yeah. he's a pilot <laughs> So they call him the captain. Um, he's like, oh, let me take care of the baby for now. I know you're tired, so you can take a nap, right? She, she barely sleeps. So the baby seems to be okay and more calm with the captain. He's got experience. He was a father, right? So um, while she, while he takes up the baby, Sadie can sleep and uh, finally get some rest after however long she's been awake after having the birth. And the father even says, like, I know this is kind of where I could be angry at you right now, but don't feel that way. Uh, I just want the best for you. You're my daughter at the end of the day. We cut to a totally different place now and we see almost like this secret council, right? Yes. And they are tracking down this earthquake that happened, right? And they figured out that the center of the earthquake was uh, in Salt Lake City. But they know that this kind of earthquake is not just a regular earthquake. And this group, they call themselves the Silhouette and they're essentially like an Illuminati-style organization whose job, in their eyes, is protecting the world from these super 
supernatural beings and, and evil beings. And they believe that this baby being born is another supernatural event of what could end up being some evil being, maybe even the Antichrist. So they're like, we have to take care of this now while it's a baby. And they're even talking about like, this has happened before. And apparently this group, this organization has been around for ages. And they say like, oh, the last time this happened was like years ago. Like one of the old guys there, like the senior council guy was like, last time this happened, I was still a field agent. Like he was still a young man. So they have experience dealing with this stuff. And I guess they've been working in the shadows for generations. So now they're sending like a killer assassin to go pretty much take out this baby before it grows up and becomes this evil being. We catch up with one of these assassins now. We go to Texas in uh, this desert, this trailer that's by itself, right? This old man wakes up grumpy out of his bed and, and his daughter's there. Uh, she's about like 18 or so and she's like training in the middle of the trailer and he's waking up grumpy because her music is blasting out early in the morning and they have an argument. They're, it's like a father-daughter arguing in this moment. She's angry like the... I wake up every time because your wild chickens are always, you know, chirping in the morning and so this grumpy old man takes a gun and shoots down the heads of each of these chickens. Like, they there, there you have it. It's almost like a mirrored version of what Sadie and her dad is, where the dad yeah. is like there for her no matter what, and they're like a caring family. And then this father and daughter, it seems like they're at each other's throat all the time, and he's literally like shooting guns in her presence, right? But she seems like unfazed by it. And then out of nowhere, this helicopter lands, and it's these guys in all black suits, and you could tell like they work for the Silhouette organization, right? And as soon as they land, the old guy, he's like, no. I'm retired. There's no way you're not. I'm not helping you guys anymore. I've did. I've done my time, and there's nothing you could say that'll make me want to help you. So get out of here. And he's like drawing his gun on them, right? And they hand him like this file. Looking at the file, there's a title on it for who it's for. It's for the Prairie Dog. That's like the assassin name. And the old man's like, "Oh, this is for my daughter. Why don't you say so?" <laughs> he's like, "Cool. I'm okay. Here, go get her. I don't care." Right. So apparently they're like a father daughter assassination team. Right. Right. And he's definitely like retired. He's, I think he's worked for the silhouette for his whole life and he's like their top assassin. But now she's like the new generation that he's trained and she's the one that they're calling upon to kill this new baby that they believe will be this evil being. Right. So we cut to the Sadie and she's still struggling being a mom, new mom. She's trying to get. Clark, the baby, to eat, to breastfeed, but he just seems to not want to eat, right? He's like crying all the time. And eventually it finally does latch and she's super excited. Like, yes, like you're finally- Small win. Gonna, yeah, she likes it, right? And then she like gets hurt because the baby like bites her and she pulls it away and there's blood like on the baby's mouth and the baby has like tiny, really sharp teeth. Razor sharp teeth, not human looking. And so like, where the hell did these- teeth come from they're like retractable teeth in this little baby's mouth like first off babies don't have teeth right <laughs> and not only does it have teeth they're like they're almost like shark teeth or something like they're all pointy and it looks like the baby was uh just out for blood the baby drinks blood and so this is strange enough she doesn't know what to do so in the middle of the night later she goes and wakes up her sister heather and she's like i don't know what to do and i know this is gonna sound strange but my baby doesn't drink milk it drinks blood <laughs> right right and Sydney did the math. Apparently, at the baby's weight, it needs this amount of blood, like 17 ounces, right? 
right? And she can't give that much every day. So she needs help from Heather and Heather's kind of just accepts the, the task. Like, okay, I'll give you some of my blood every day to feed the baby. This growing baby too, he's going to need more later on. And she just accepts it. Like she doesn't think twice. She, Heather, believes Sadie this whole time. She was there when there was like a big flash of red. And there's something weird going on with the baby. Mm -hmm. So using a needle. Now, Heather has like all the gear. Needles, the little rubber thing to like tie off your arm. And she has all this because she was a drug addict, right? Yes. And, and Sadie's like, I don't know if we should use your blood. And Heather's like, it's okay. I've been clean for like nine months or whatever. And it's just showing like the backstory of Heather and she's a struggling addict, but she has been clean. And I think she's been clean since it's been nine months since right. like she, she found out that thing has been pregnant. Her sister's been pregnant. So she knows she has to be there for her. She knows she has to clean up her act because Sadie's going to need her help. Right. So she draws some blood, puts it in a baby bottle and then gives it to the baby. And the baby, as soon as it starts drinking it, realizes like this is different blood. This is not the blood I like. Yes. And it starts crying. But like it's like a deafening evil scream kind of cry. Like a devil cry, right? There's like a wearing noise. They can't take it. Clark won't be quiet. And so Heather puts uh, earplugs onto Sadie just to get her to, you know, control the baby. Now, one thing I want to mention, Donny Cates actually, before he became a writer, he actually had a drug problem. And so that actually, that Mm. pops up into a lot of his books, just to let you guys know if you guys are curious about his story, his backstory. So it's kind of like therapy, like him writing these comics, I think. It's like, you know, writing his story, getting out there. I think that happens a lot for people like creatives that had drugs in the past. I wonder what his drug of choice was. Was I don't know. Blood? (laughs) No. So the baby finally stops. They put a pacifier on it. But what they don't see is above their house, the baby's scream is like, I don't know what it is, like, I don't know, dark magic or something. It literally opens like a portal in the sky that is a portal to like hell dimension. And an evil looking creature crawls out. And it looks like, it looks like if the devil screwed a raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like a raccoon with horns and the devil tail. It's also got these like tiny little wings on it's back yes and it's red with like bloodshot eyes and it's like very sharp claws and it falls from the sky out of that portal into like the ground and it kind of just like realized like this i'm in like the suburbs now (laughs) it just like hops away right yes so it's just showing the baby has like these powers that even it doesn't know how to control because it's still a baby. So Heather comes back with a lady, tiny pacifier to quiet up the bit, the baby, right? Had a little bit of Jack Daniels on it. And that's like made Sadie so angry. Like how can you give the baby some alcohol? And that's what shut up the, the, mm-hmm. the whole baby. Yeah. And she says like, oh, dad used to do it to me all the time. And maybe that's why she's an addict. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe why she's messed up. They're trying to figure out why the baby will drink Sadie. Sadie's blood, the mom, but not Heather's blood. And they're like, maybe it has to be the blood of a parent. So you have to just tell me who the dad is and I'll go get his blood. So please tell me who the dad is. And Sadie finally confesses and she says like, okay, it's Kevin. And Kevin is like that lead jock bully guy that was like bullying her in the beginning of the story trying to get like Heather's information so he could buy drugs from her. And this angers Heather so much. We see her like equip up with like brass knuckles, a nightstick, like even a gun. She's like gearing up and going to go get some blood from Kevin, that jock bully earlier. Apparently Kevin has been like MIA for the longest time, right? 
So she's gone out to look for him. Meanwhile, the the assassin's daughter has now arrived and she's in the suburbs and she's there to kill the baby, right? Heather has been on like this killing spree trying to find uh, Kevin. She's gone to like where all the friends hang out. Like it's like a laser tag thing. Yeah. And she's literally in there like beating up all these guys trying to get information on Kevin. Apparently Kevin was stowing away on his uncle's uh, houseboat. And when Heather makes the voyage there at night, she finds Kevin dead on the ground with his chest cavity ripped open like ribs and and all are visible blood everywhere guts everywhere and someone or something was attacking him um I've always wanted to live on a houseboat I would hate that why why deck would you want that it's it's kind of small it's kind of small but it's like you can like move around I could live in a different coast city all the time oh uh I love the water and you know it's it's just all you need you know what I mean I feel like it's it's gotta be like musty all the time like kind of like the wetness in the air is gotta be annoying after a while don't you think i don't know i like that i like i like the ocean (laughs) i I haven't spent that much time with the ocean or the sea but i I guess maybe that's why i don't know what i'm missing the only thing i wouldn't like is what happened to kevin when people rip out your chest that sucks would not like that (laughs) (laughs) sadie's at home she is kind of gathering her blood like she's storing it because she knows the baby will need it later and she doesn't realize but the dad comes home right and she sees her literally just like stocking up baby bottles of blood and he's like what the hell's going on <laughs> so sadie explains the whole thing the same thing that she said to heather that the baby doesn't drink milk it drinks blood and that's what she's doing the father breaks down a bit starts to cry and says like oh sadie uh this isn't real the things you're thinking right now it's not the truth you know just give me the baby let's let's talk this out with somebody yeah he thinks sadie is like gone crazy or something and now he's worried about her he's worried about the baby because maybe she's been feeding blood to the baby and that's terrible right yeah. like she's like we got to get him to the hospital check him out get you checked out and he just feels really bad right but she's like no it's true she's holding the baby trying to keep it away from the dad he's like why don't you believe me and they're trying to call heather right to like come help me or whatever but she's not answering she's on the boat with the dead father right the kevin and out of nowhere, barging in through the door is the assassin. Now, the this is the assassin daughter. She's got this pink mohawk and she comes ready to um, lay down the line. She's going to kill off the Antichrist and the the mother, right? She's even surprised to see the mother is so young, just maybe like two years younger than her. It's so close in age. And it's like, it's going to be hard to do, but she's willing to do it. She's got a silencer on her gun and pointing it at the baby too. So the dad, the captain, steps in front and he's like, you don't have to do this. I don't know why you're here to kill the baby, but it's not too late for you to turn around and just leave. And she's like, okay, I know what I have to do. And I guess he's trying to prove like herself to her dad too like she she's a killer just like him because he's like the top assassin yeah, right a legacy so she's like i don't care who you think you are guy you must be i see you're a pilot if you're a former air force or whatever but you're not gonna stop me so you better just get out of the way and as she's saying this she's like monologuing the dad quickly jumps into action and like grabs the gun away from her knocks her down slams her to the ground and he says like uh try marine corps <laughs> instead of navy instead of air force right and it just shows like he knows what he's 
doing too. Like he's taking out this assassin, but the assassin grabs like a broken leg of the chair and stabs him in the leg. So now he's down and he's tussling with the assassin and he's screaming to say like, run, get out of here, right? Save the baby. We catch up now with Heather. Again, she was on the houseboat with the dead body and she, again, she's got a gun on her herself. She leaves the houseboat to find a bunch of cops showing up, sirens blaring. She has no way to get out of there. If she gets off to the dock, she's caught when suddenly from the shadows, something grabs her like some type of humanoid thing and drops her to the ocean, you know, kind of saving her. Sadie is like running to, out into the street now with the baby and she thinks like, okay, I don't know where Heather is. She's gone. My dad is fighting for his life. He might be gone and it's only me and this baby now. Imagine if she never went back and it's only them two. Like she wouldn't be able to take care of this baby and raise the baby. So she hears gunshots and she decides to run back to uh to the house right but roaring in through the like front window is the ford bronco and it is heather and she like flies the car and slams it against the uh, pink-haired assassin so the assassin's out of the way and heather has come back already uh sadie came back too with the baby and so the three of them are there in their house with a gigantic hole in the wall and the first thing that sadie says to heather is like how could you leave me there was an assassin that came over here you weren't here to protect me you just ran out the door once he said kevin's name how the heck could you do that? You know, I'm here trying to take care of a baby. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And then out of nowhere, out of the the Bronco passenger side, steps out like this vampire looking dude, right? <laughs> and this is the guy that saved Heather from the cops on the boathouse. And apparently this guy is part, like part of another group that is against the silhouette yeah, group. It's pretty cool. He, I would say, looks like and, Keanu maybe right now. Okay, but like a dead yeah, Keanu. <laughs> right, right paler he's smoking a cigarette and he's very like nonchalant about this like the house is destroyed there's a dead assassin on the hood of the car and he walks out like oh here, let me let me explain everything right and he's explaining like the silhouette group is out there and they're trying to kill you and your baby because they think your baby will bring about the end of days <laughs> now his group sees the baby as something else they call this baby the king and it's something yes. some type of child to be praised and to be worshipped right to be worshipped at its feet this so, guy he he's kind of unworldly like he lifts the bronco to like move the the body and he even like uses some of his magic on the assassin and he's like hypnotizes the assassin saying uh i'm gonna heal your wounds you're gonna go back to the silhouette and explain that the mission was success you killed the baby and the mother and to no longer look for them and the assassin's like like glazed over like yes i'll do this and like runs out the hole in the house yes <laughs> And Heather's like, why did you do that? Why didn't you just kill her? And the guy is explaining like, if we kill her, then the silhouette will know that the baby's still alive and they'll never stop coming after us. But if we say that, you know, the baby's dead, then they'll believe it and they'll stop so we can get away. And they need to go hide now. And the place they're going to go is a place that this guy's calling the castle, right? And he's saying like, okay, but we need a plane to get there. Does anybody know where we can get a plane? And they all like look at the dad because he's a pilot. Right, so they've got a mission to go on to the castle and this guy sees the baby too he kneels to the ground and kind of praises at the, the baby's feet calling it the king of the castle the final shots is we see the assassin she's like just walking like she's like glazed over like like you said hypnotized walking down the street trying to get back to the silhouette and then out of the shadows emerges that devil raccoon being that came out of the portal from hell and I think it too knows that this assassin was trying to kill the yeah. baby because it jumps on her 
and like tears her to pieces, like kills the assassin. So that whole plan they had of her going back and saying the mission was success is never going to happen. She's killed by this stupid devil raccoon. And so we can foresee more assassins to come down the road for uh, Sadie and the baby. And remember, this whole story is being told by Sadie in the future, like recording herself on the phone, this message for the baby. And we're at that point now where her phone has run out of battery. So she says like, okay, I'll finish this later once I get another charge. And she's walking out and we see in the background is the plane that they're in, but it's like crashed onto the ground and it's like in flames. So we know that things only get worse for Sadie and the rest yes, of Yes, her phone dies. <laughs> her phone dies. <laughs> Uh, always bring a power absolute. bank that's where that first volume ends that's the first five issues and I found it really interesting because I love it when there's like a secret society you love that and yeah I love that uh, and apparently this is almost like a, do you know the movie Underworld it's like there's two secret societies oh with the vampires and the werewolves yeah and then there's even what? the humans that are like protecting the world from both of them oh is there I didn't know that I didn't I don't know if I've watched yeah, they, any of the movies but I think I've oh not I've probably one. seen a scene from all of them, but <laughs> <laughs> is it good? Yeah, it's good. And I like the elements that they use yeah. in this. I like the silhouette and how they, it, they're they talking about like they've been around for decades, maybe even longer. And they've been like protecting the world essentially from these evil beings that they believe will bring the end to the world. But this guy who's like worshiping the baby says like, no, it's not like that. We're, we're not what you think we are. Though they may be like from hell and stuff like that. They're not there to end the world. Interesting. I, I do like that guy too. It feels like like every turn everything was kind of a surprise that guy we didn't mention it but he's a warlock actually like he he seems mm -hmm. like that's why he has he's magic. magic he can hypnotize i think he's older than the, he seems like the way he talks it even sounds kind of ancient a little bit right um, yeah but even like the small stuff like the main characters i thought were well done because they didn't fit the stereotypical type of person like this the older sister is like kind of like a brute and kind of like aggressive and the father is like this big bulky guy but he's nurturing right mm -hmm. yeah i i enjoyed it too i like the assassins too because you know we didn't get to it in this book but the daughter assassin dies right and her dad is like this legend assassin who like hasn't shows no mercy so now he's going to be after them and it's only a couple more issues like we've already read a quarter of it for this show i might as well finish it i'm probably gonna try to finish it by next week or the next coming week so i could talk about inside stories like we said it was kind of a fast read and that kind of works for it i felt like each turn was a good surprise donny cates is a good writer i feel like he's mm. the it guy right now sometimes i give him hate just because he's so everywhere but at the end of the day he's a good writer yeah i really enjoy this this is like one of the more cooler things i've seen him write and then the images of the baby are very disturbing really? with like the sharp fangs and solid black eyes and like blood on it like it's it's both like scary looking but also kind of kind of cool <laughs> i'm curious is he the antichrist like is that legit what's going on yeah. what is it what's more going on with that other um like warlocks uh secret society yeah i'll let you know because i'm probably gonna read that nice okay cool feel more of that uh, halloween feel yep all right that was baby teeth by aftershock comics uh let's get into side stories 
One of my favorite comic book characters had a movie come out this week. Oh, did it? Yep. I went to theater. I watched it. So did I. That's also my side story this week. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is what I expected. So I guess I'm not disappointed. But did I like it very much? No, not really. Wow. Okay. I was a little bit disappointed. We're talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> Richard, yeah. I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. I think I had a little bit higher hopes than what I got, honestly. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's go spoiler free for a bit all right i think the movie itself is not as good as the first one yes though i did like uh some of the action in it i think the cg is definitely better it was i thought it was um some of the best cg i've seen lately like Ooh. the symbiotes the look of them yes. that's better than the last one and uh each kind of aspect of it i thought was enjoyable like the liquid form at that they're in and then also like when they're like hard or whatever i thought it looked great <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they like blades. You, uh, you loved it. Okay, yeah. Carnage, I think, looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's a different style of symbiote than uh, Venom is. Like, oh. the way he would transform, it's like, because it's like not surrounding um, Cletus Cassidy, but more of like emerging within him kind of thing. Like, it's molecularly changing him. Yes. Which... The animation of that looked pretty cool and kind of fitting for the time. It looked kind of scary. Yeah, it's almost a horror movie at points. Like <laughs> the suspense, I'll say, it got me at some points. Like I love the feeling of the suspense at some points of the horror of Carnage. Let there be yeah. Carnage. It was there. What did you think of the acting from the the main cast? Oh boy. Um. Well, Carnage himself, Woody Harrelson. I thought he was gonna be like the turning fact, like the the factor. If I was gonna love this movie or oh, it was bad. It's because his. His acting in that little end credit in the first one was so like it was bad i think the wig was part of it too <laughs> okay. yeah like three lines okay yes and i felt like he was just the middle of the road for the movie he was not awful actually i don't think he was that bad but he was not enough to make me love the movie and what do you think of like tom hardy's uh portrayal again of eddie brock okay his eddie brock um it's so weird like i don't know why he's doing these movies <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Money. <laughs> right. That is, there's that. I think with my head, like Tom Hardy kind of does make, it makes sense that he's Eddie Brock, but not this Eddie Brock. So it's, what do what? you think? What do you mean? Like, it's like, it's kind of like slapstick comedy, this movie. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. I get it. Um, this is not the same director. This is a new director and it's Andy Circus that's directing this one. Oh, he didn't direct the first one? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. All right. Do you think he had a real vision for it and it didn't land or this, is this the movie he wanted? to make because he thought Venom was this type of character. I think because um, he's not a director per se, right? He's an actor. So I think the studio is like, hey, we'll let you direct, but we get final say in the cut. Did he not direct the first one? I thought he did. Okay, look it up while I... I I'm willing to bet he didn't, but I, I have a feeling the studio had final say in the cut because I feel like What's bad about it is the editing, and it's very rushed, and it felt like very Batman Forever. Oh, yeah, like kind of what people used to think uh, comic book movies are supposed to be. Yeah, okay. very campy. He didn't direct it. It was uh, Ruben Fleischer. Okay, never heard of him, sorry, but I did like your movie better. <laughs> Me <so>. too. <laughs> 
But yeah, I think that was the deal. Like, hey, we'll let you, a non-director, direct this movie, but we have like final cut say. And oh. uh, they tried to it, they tried to get this movie under ninety minutes because it also feels very short. It does feel that way, it, and that's just to get more butts and seats because it's shorter. Yeah, like it, under ninety minutes, that's less than an hour and a half. That's like barely a TV show. Like that's all barely more than a TV show, right? Yeah, I guess so. Some episodes, yeah. Like I think some Game of Thrones episodes are longer. <laughs> But yeah, the shorter a movie is, the more showtimes they could put in a day, the more people they can sell tickets to. And that's at the bottom line. Okay. Yeah. It felt very rushed. Like, there's no time to breathe in the scenes. Like, they just, like, there's a scene where, like, um, the character, uh, what's her name? Screech? Is that her name? Shriek. Shriek? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, you said? Yeah. I, I don't know. Whatever her name is. Naomi Harris. Uh, Shriek. Yeah. Shriek. There's a part where she's trying to find somebody, right? right and she goes to their place finds a clue to where they're really at and then cut to she's already there to f- to find this yeah, person i know you're talking I was about like what there's not even a scene of her walking out the door or anything she's just there immediately like the perception of time in this movie does not exist like they just let's just power through let's edit all the transition scenes out of it wow yeah you're right i guess i didn't well, my thought of that was like, she doesn't have a clue to get where she's trying to go. Like not a, enough clues to get where she's going. But you're <laughs> yeah. right. It was just super fast. Like she was there already. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like, let's get to the action scene as fast as possible. And all her acting too. I was thinking oh, this could be a cringy kind of character. And I was like, okay, it's not that bad. And I just realized, oh, she hasn't talked that much yet. <laughs> <laughs> she's a very good actress. And I'm surprised she did this movie. Right. Honestly, all the cast is very good actors. Even the director. <laughs> yeah, the best actor is the director. <laughs> Um, Michelle Williams, who's a very good actress, was That's just Greek. like not given anything good to do in this movie. Like her character has was so diminished from what she was in the in the original. She was like an equal character in the original. You know what I mean? Like oh, she really? and Tom Hardy were. I felt like almost like yeah, Tom Hardy's a star of it, and she's like the next star. And this one, she's like pushed down the ladder. I think. I, I guess so. I thought she was in a, a good enough amount. I don't know. I didn't see I it that like way. She doesn't even show up to like halfway through the movie. Oh, all right. Yeah, that was needed for the story, I guess. But I don't know if the story was that great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there could have been a good movie out of this. There's so because, yeah, yeah. The action's good and the visuals yeah. are good. It's just they took out all this the acting and the lines that are needed to show range of acting. You know what I mean? There, there's that. There's like stuff they could build up more. Um, I felt I, like Carnage could look even more menacing before he becomes Carnage. Like just as Woody Harrelson, there, there, mm-hmm. there could have been that you don't get that feeling you just hear the stories um yeah. felt like every turn was predictable and it's just it's just going through the formula of a superhero movie like i got sleepy right. the second half of the movie like it's just the formula that we've we've come mm. to to know and love yeah i was i don't want to say i was disappointed because i kind of went into it thinking this is not gonna be great but i was right yeah right you're you're disappointed because you were right yeah i wish it was like surprisingly good but it fortunately it was not, it was not um no. is there any like spoilery stuff you want to talk about now getting into spoiler territory 
territory. I mean, is there stuff to spoil even? Uh, what do you I think? I mean, you the go very ahead. end, the end credit scene is that. very spoilery. Yeah. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, the end credit scene shows Eddie Brock and Venom now, like they have left the city and they have given up. They've essentially also given up on Michelle Williams, like, because she's going to marry the other guy. Yeah. Part ties. Yeah. Uh, and they're like in this dingy, like, I don't know where they're at. Mexico or something? Hotel room? I think so. Right? Yeah. Cancun. And then uh, he's talking to the symbiote Venom and Venom's like, you know, I'm from I'm from space and I'm like hella old and I know things that will blow your mind. The symbiotes have done and seen things that you your little mind can't even comprehend. And then Eddie Brock's like, okay, fine, show me. Like, he doesn't believe him. You're right, he doesn't care. And I can't tell if if it is the symbiote, like, power that happens or if it's, like, same timing of what will happen in, spoiler alert, No Way Home when Doctor Strange changes reality. I think it is. But essentially, he is pushed into uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man's reality because the hotel that he's in all of a sudden is, like, a nice, fancy hotel. And on the news on the TV is the reveal of Peter Parker is Spider-Man and it's Tom Holland. Right. And Eddie Brock is just a huge fan of Tom Holland. (laughs) So he licks the screen. Yeah. So what is your take on this? What do you think is really happening? I don't think it was the um, symbiote thing, the brain thing, whatever, the hive mind part. I think it's just the perfect timing that he's getting pushed into either Tom Holland, you know, MCU's real timeline, or he's getting pushed into this separate like Spider-Man one um, that Tom Holland is going to jump into in No Way Home, right? Like a separate one and away from the MCU, like a a combination. Yeah, it could be that. The spunk. Right. <laughs> yes. All, that all together. The, the one that combines all the villains and Tom Holland together. Mm. This new one, fresh one. Now, in the scene, like you said, Venom licks the TV screen of, of Tom Holland. And the way he reacts, it's almost like, oh, I know Spider-Man and I remember we hate him. Yeah. Okay. So you think this could be like that? the Venom, the symbiote itself, kind of remembers the hive mind of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3 or like... Like it's like the same symbiote yeah. or it's just in the same hive mind? I, well, not even just the hive mind, but I think just in the realities that are merging. Now. The vil- all the villains just know I hate Spider-Man. Because like Doc Ock is like, hello, Peter. And he just knows that Tom Holland is Peter Parker and that he's Spider-Man. Right. So I think there's just something that snaps in the heads of the villains. They're like, I hate Spider-Man. But Eddie Brock, it seems like he's frazzled and does not know Spider-Man at all. Like it's not a thing from his own universe. And he mm-hmm. doesn't... He's, Sure, he's surprised at the screen, but I think it's be just surprised that he's in a new universe or something else is strange. Everything changed in his room. Not that yeah. he knows Tom Holland. Yeah. So because the villain, I don't know. I was going to say the villain is Venom, not Eddie Brock, but that's in a way not true either. So I don't know what their like plot points are for how they're going to get Venom and Spider-Man together. Oh, man. What if they're on the same side? What if they're friends and they're just trying to get back into their own universes? Would that suck hard? <laughs> Like Venom's never a villain. I'm already leaning towards Spider-Man No Way Home is I'm not gonna like it. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, too because much. they're breaking the rules. They're breaking my rules. <laughs> You're just a rule follower, right? You just do not <laughs> like that at all. Uh, it's just I don't uh, it's gonna be really hard for them to pull off a creative way to get everything they want like all the fans want because all these fans are like yeah put everything in there put all three Spider-Man in there but they're not thinking about like how to tell that in a good way. So if it's just fan service, I'm going to hate that. Yeah, that sounds like you. I can't wait to be sitting <laughs> next to you and be laughing. 
Oh man, I have more rumors about um, Spider-Man No Way Home. But is there anything else you want to say about Venom? Let there be carnage. <laughs> I just know that, like in the theater, like the whole crowd's gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah," and he's gonna be like, "Boo!" <laughs> At the movie theater, <laughs> boo! Stay in your own franchise. <laughs> Uh, okay, so with Venom, um, yeah, like, are we going to get a third one even? Or uh, are, how are they going to connect the other stuff, like Morbius and all that? And Michael Keaton, is he come back? He's got to, right? Yeah, he's going to come back as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be play Batman in all the other movies that are not Batman. <laughs> uh, I heard a rumor. Yeah. And this is a, um, already a big popular rumor that Charlie Cox's Daredevil will be in there. Yeah, we talked about last week. But apparently Marvel and Disney have big plans for Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Oh. And he will appear uh, in what you were talking about last week, the Echo series. Yeah, so I was right. It's a series. It's a really coming. Yeah, I was wrong about that. I totally forgot. That in your face. Series. Yeah. <laughs> but Charlie Cox will appear in that. And in a way, that will be... They're going to bring all the Daredevil characters into that. Oh, interesting. And it's going to be like a pseudo season four. Daredevil. Okay. Daredevil. Even though it's the Echo series. And it'll be mainly about her, but like... Kind of like how Punisher was in Daredevil, and that was kind of like a yeah. prequel to his own series. Cool. They're going to do that with Echo, but all the Daredevil cast will be in that too to reestablish that they're in the MCU again. Uh, and I think the next project will be like a Daredevil movie with, with him. Oh, okay. I was I was about to say like that's a that sounds like a great and bad thing because it's like they just want Charlie Cox in the role to get the other characters. But if he's getting his own movie too f- down the road, that sounds dope. Uh, I mean, if anybody, it. I feel like Daredevil is the biggest one of those Netflix guys. Yeah, and he deserves his own movie. Like Daredevil is one of my favorite Marvel characters there are, and I feel like the Netflix show is one of the best Marvel things ever created. And yes. it wasn't by Disney, so True. like they want that, <laughs> they want it back. Man, you're just changing your tone so much from last week. You're like recast him, recast him. I did not say I like this idea. I just said this is the rumors I heard, and it's happening. And I, I'm telling you, and I. I like it. <laughs> you do like it. And then another room I heard, just, just going to throw this in yeah. there. You know how uh, Andrew Garfield has been denying that he's in No Way Home? Yeah, it's Photoshop. It's not real. Well, some VFX experts dove into that little behind the scenes clip of him. Yes. And they're trying to say like, this is not fake. It's not a deep fake or anything like that. I told you about this too. And you're like, there's no way. That's just a joke. <laughs> I told you about this. I got, I, I exhibit well, A, exhibit I watched B. it because you told me about it. I watched it because you told me about it. Because <laughs> I wanted to see it from my own eyes. Um, yeah, it looks real. And you like it. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> And I'm going to be so happy when I see it on screen. Oh my gosh. You're such a fan. You're just a Marvel fan. You just want everything to just work out. And <laughs> This is going to be the hardest thing for Marvel to do is to please me. <laughs> uh, Kevin Feige and all the executives are in the, that room right now. How are we going to win over Chris? <laughs> Our favorite Chris. <laughs> Move over, Evans. Your character's dead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Let There Be Carnage is the end of the Venom movies because <laughs> I don't think it was that good. And I don't think they'll, I mean, they might make a third one and it will feature Tom Holland or something like that. But I don't think they're going to make a standalone Venom movie anymore because this one was not that good. It was a Three Stooges movie, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a comedy character now. Is the Tom Holland that comedy going to work together? He is always that in the comics, right? Because like a goofball. Like, that's what I hear. I didn't read 
that much. I mean, kind of, but also like there's serious stuff and yeah, especially the newer stuff. Um, Venom is more of like a anti-hero, definitely. Right? Yeah, before he's kind of like a monster, like a demon that you have to fight yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they in the comics they definitely dug his lore deeper and deeper, and now there's like even more stuff about the symbiotes that are very new and expand their their story. So it's not just like the stuff from Spider-Man. Wow, do you think that has any chance of showing up in the movies? Because I mean, stuff from the comics is going out to movies faster and faster nowadays. Mm-hmm. That was that came out well, like two years ago, last yeah, year. Yeah. Do you want it? I don't know. It might be too much. Yeah. I again, I'm switching back again. I kind of don't like what they're doing with Spider-Man and erasing lines. It just feels icky. Icky. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good word for it. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll see if they ever bring in the symbiote planet. What do they call it? Myanmar? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. My expectations for you are very high, and I expect you not to meet them. So take that. That makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, I'm gonna like it less and less the more I find out about it until I watch it. <laughs> okay. We'll. We'll see. I heard that uh, Jamie Foxx is going to be in it. He's returning. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's I knew about back. that a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay, you're on <laughs> ahead of the curve. All right, guys. If you want to be ahead of the curve, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. And please leave us a review. The best place to do that is on our Apple Podcast page. And just uh, tell all your friends about us. That's the Reader Copy Podcast. Absolutely. You can find us Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all of the social medias. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. Let's chat. What do you guys think of Venom? Let there be carnage. Huh? It was not good. And then um, we'll be back next week. We're finishing up What If on Monday. And I hope that ends well. We'll see. And then um, continue on our month of horror comics throughout October. So you won't want to miss it. And uh, yeah, Daniel, do you have an outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. See you next week. Later, guys. Error. Error.